Welcome to NRL.com's preview podcast for the representative round, uh, Women's State of Origin and Men's State of Origin 2 on the Sunday night. My name is Chris Kennedy. I'm joined, as always, by NRL.com reporter Alicia Newton. Alicia, thank you for being here. Not a problem, CK. How are you today? Um, very well. I just got back from St. George, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And also with us, as always, is Marty Lenahan. Marty, thank you for being here. Good to be here, guys. So uh, we are going to talk Origin in just a little bit, but first of all, I was out at uh, St. George Leagues Club for the launch of their St. George uh, Museum. I had a chat with uh, legendary Dragons Premiership winning captain Steve Edge, also went on to captain uh, Parramatta Eels uh, for a number of years. Got his thoughts on uh, on the opening of the museum and the little slice of history that he's a part of, and obviously um, his thoughts on the upcoming uh, State of Origin um, or the, the men's State of Origin game after he was a, a participant in the very first ever State of Origin match. So we'll take a quick listen to that. All right, I am here at the launch of the St. George Museum with Dragons Premiership winning captain, also Eels Premiership winning captain, a winner at two clubs, uh, Steve Edge, also a member of the inaugural New South Wales State of Origin team. Steve, an absolute uh, pleasure to have you on the podcast. Uh, great to be here. and uh, It's great to be here at the Spirit of the Red V Museum, which is uh, um, you know, a lot of hard work's gone into it, and I think, I think they've done a fabulous job with it, and uh, it's just going to get better and better. It looks absolutely magnificent. I've had a quick stroll around. There's some wonderful historical pieces on display. We're standing next to one of Norm Proven's jerseys. It's um, and what were your impressions when you walked around here for the first time? Yeah, no, no, it was fantastic. I, I, I love when I first walked in and they got ten jerseys on display. So the uh, Dragons jumpers on display. Just, just good. Just makes you feel good. And then they, they, they got Johnny Hawk's blazer in there. I mean, it's just, just, just wonderful. Um, you know what 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 they've done here, and uh, you know you got Teddy Teddy Goodwin's um, boots, which were actually running shoes that he he, he sort of worked around, and they, they became boots for him, and, and it suited him, and he scored some of the best tries of all time. Um, no, no, it's good, it's lovely just to just to wander around, and of course the 2010 guys and different quotes on the different quotes on the walls from different players from different eras and you know the great Norm Proven and uh, you know and, and I mean anything to do with the never before never again 11 premierships in a row uh, that's when I grew up as, as a young kid and uh, you know I lived through that and it, it's just uh, so many great memories I, I had you know going out to the grand finals with my dad and my grandfather and uh, it was just uh, yeah just awesome and, and you know and to think you know like to know someone like Norm Proven and Gaznier and Raper and all that, you know, later on as I, as I got uh, older and play with the Red V, well, yeah, it's a big thing. Yeah, some uh, incredible slices of history here. The 49 uh, Blazer that you oh, just yeah, mentioned. Yeah. Especially a lot of... when you've got names like that, just, you know, just flows off the tongue, you know. I mean, it's just, you know, yeah. not to mention Langlands and Billy Smith and, uh, you know, Johnny Riley and Brian Graham and, you yeah. know, you know mate, I'd go pretty good at getting most of them, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, there's so much of it here. We are a preview podcast. We have a little bit of a chat about the uh, the origin coming up this weekend. As I said at the top, you were a, a member of that inaugural uh, 1980 team. I guess the, the game's changed a little bit over the, the 41 years, but it's uh, right from the very first kickoff, it's been a, a hugely intense rivalry. We're expecting no different this weekend. Yeah. I don't think the intense rivalry's changed because I'm yeah. telling you, when we, when we went up there, uh, to play them at Lang Park and uh, 
you got Arthur Beetson who, who's let him out. They're a side that's been uh, belted since since day one by uh, a massive uh, score generally because of uh, just that all the great players were all, all playing here in, in the strongest competition in the world. Um, so yeah, uh, oddly enough, there was you know there were. So, just running out, it was just, it was just maroon jumpers just everywhere. Maroon, 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 you know. And, and mate, we always knew it was going to be a, a, a difficult uh, uh, assignment. Uh, they had uh, Billy Thompson, the, they, they, they'd flown him out from Great Britain to referee the match so so they were they were pretty good at that and they got better and better as they went through with the referees and stuff like that but uh, it was just terrific I mean uh, and I, I remember people sort of saying oh well you know uh, this is going to be it's not going to be fair dinkum and, that. and I thought well you, you have got to be kidding I said no, no number one you're playing against your mates yeah. All right, that, that's the number one. Number one, you are playing against your mates, and there's no way in the world you're going to let them get over the top of you. Otherwise, you've got they, they're going to give it to you for the rest of your rest of your life. Uh, we 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 had um, you pull on a, a blue jumper. You pull on a blue jumper, mate. It, it's something you've got to be proud of. You know, I mean, very few people get to do it, and it's an it's an absolute honour to represent your state in any sport. You know, I don't care, especially rugby league, which is you know. So, such high profile of one, and then of course, and the third reason was was our captain was Tommy Rodonigus. So, <laughs> so I'm telling you, it was all it was going to be fair dinker from day one, and off it went. And uh, you know, and instead of the Queenslanders starting it, I think we started it with, with Tommy, and of course him, Tommy and uh, Greg Oliphant, they they'd been having all of these. Um, Charity boxing matches, you know, for, oh, right. between each other, you know, and 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 Tommy was yet to land a, to land one. Like Ollie's got him three times in a row, you know, in in these the three different times that they've done it. So I, I knew it was going, I knew it was going to be on. So you know, Cattle Dog came out very very early in, in the in the in the piece, but. Uh, yeah, no, no. It was it was wonderful. It was great. I mean, it was an absolute pleasure to be a part of it. And it's like everything else, you know. After the game, like Arthur Beetson, uh, you know, he also one of my heroes, and I was lucky enough to play with him. And and I knew what he was like. And uh, you know what? When you get out on a football field, it's uh, it's, it's fair income. Yeah. And as, uh, otherwise, why do it? And uh, and it was wonderful. And and and. I honestly believe that that particular scenario, it started Origin. It, it made what Origin was about because quite a lot of people saying, oh, Edgy's going to look after Beetson and, and Cronin's going to get looked after, you know, and Reddy's going to look after Youngie and all this type of stuff. And I'm thinking, you, <laughs> I'm, I'm reading, you know, you hear people telling you this and you think, Mate, they obviously don't know Rocket. They don't know Youngie. Yeah. You, you know, they just don't understand. No one understood the concept of what it was, and um, and of course, out it went. And that that set the stage for for Origin. And Origin just went from there to the the next level, and then it just it's just absolutely skyrocketed. And and, and not only that, it's the quickest game of football I have ever ever played in, ever. 
over, you know, and and I've heard other guys who've represented Australia and that, and they'll say, no, Origin's quicker, yeah. Origin's quicker, because you know, just, 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 you know, and and the the other part of it is, the game's over so quick, mm. you know, it's the quickest game, just over, and you think, God, oh, we've just done that, Jeez, yeah, yeah, yeah a, you start looking around, oh, jeez. Well, mate against yeah. mate hasn't really changed. We saw Latrell oh, Mitchell tearing into Dane Gagai a, a couple of weeks ago. What about this Sunday? We've seen, you know, Latrell Mitchell, Tommy Travojevic have absolutely yeah. fantastic games. Queenslanders are on the ropes. They've gone down 50-6. to six. They're back at their, their yeah. Suncorp Stadium home fortress. Yeah. It'll be a Sia Marone out there again. What are you expecting this Sunday? Well, uh, I, I understand, <laughs> mate, that they pull on a Marone jumper. They grow to another level, mate. It's, yeah. never, it's never going to be... Uh, an easy game, I don't care what anyone says, but having said all of that, I think that New South Wales side is probably one of the best that I've, I've, I've seen. I, I think the fact that they've got um, the the various areas, like the half and the combinations, you know, you've got your half and your 5-8 that have played, have played together forever, and wingers that come into the game so much, their, their role has changed enormously. He's also part of that little connection, and uh, you know, and that, that makes a big, big difference because yeah. it's it's not a you know they, they know exactly where they're going to how they're going to do it. It's, a lot of it's instinct, you know, because yeah. it has to be played at instinct. So, so uh, I think we'll get them, but mate, never, ever, ever underestimate the Queenslanders. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I remember last year when 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 um, I was in one of the papers. I think you know well. Queensland, the worst side ever picked, and I've thought, oh my God, that is the most <laughs> stupid thing ever, ever, ever. Because I said that'll be up on the, that'll be in the dressing room, up on the wall, in great big letters. This is what they think here. I mean, why would you give them that? You know, that give me a lift up, and of course, out they went. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, so that, so, and with Origin, anything can happen. Yeah, you know, like like. Um, you know, times you can you, you, you can be way ahead the first game and absolutely belt them. The next time you could get the exact opposite happening. You finished at the back. You know, yeah. probably because there's so many good. You know, the, the talent there is the best. Yeah. The best of the best, and, and both teams, yeah. And yeah. we saw it last year. New South Wales dusted them up in game two, and then uh, you know didn't didn't get the joke done in game three. I certainly didn't. <laughs> oh, yeah, you just shake your head, but but that's why it's so great because uh, you know you, you, there, there's no guarantees in it and all that. But you know it's going to be very very tough. You know you know there's no holes barred. Everyone out there, they'll just play it the best they possibly can, and um, yeah. And as I said, mate against mate, worst thing going to happen to you because he's just going to bang the crap out of you for the rest of your life, you know. You know so 40 years later, you're sitting down, you know, and someone look over and oh, Edgy, remember? <laughs> what was the score again? I can't... Yeah, yeah. Mate, it's, a, uh, it's a, been an absolute pleasure and a privilege having you on the Errol.com podcast and uh, looking forward to Sunday. Thanks so much for being pleasure, here. Pleasure, Chris. I enjoyed it. So we are back. That was uh, a very gregarious uh, Steve Edge. Thank you once again to him for uh, joining our Oracom preview podcast. We are going to get stuck into a couple of games now. We'll start off with the women's origin on Friday night. Alicia, I'll start with you because you've been really plugged into all of this. Uh, a little bit of uh, a new look about uh, both these teams, some fresh faces uh, on board and a couple of returning as well. What do you make of it all? 
Yeah, geez, I'm expecting a close one, just given, I guess, last year, you know, seven months ago, so much disruption around. And um, I guess the girls probably didn't get to showcase, you know, enjoying a full week of what Origin's all about, the lead up. And they were very much, um, you know, put in their hotels two weeks out before the game, weren't able to mingle with fans. So I think this year round, they're, they're really sort of embracing the experience and, um, I'm expecting that to also sort of flow into their footy as well on Friday night. Um, yeah, it's tight. As you, as you mentioned, there is a few changes, which I'm sure we'll, we'll go over a couple. But, um, you know, I think all in all, we're, we're up for a really sort of tight contest. But I think there'll be a lot of points as well in this one. You obviously wrote a, a really um, impressive and an emotional story with um, uh, Taryn Aiken, who's the, the Queensland 5'8". How was she? I mean, looking at this team, we've seen um, both at the the Broncos and Queensland, um, the, her emergence has been part of why um, Ali Brigginshaw, who's been a wonderful halfback for such a long time, is now playing as a ball-playing lock. But it seems to be working okay um, in, in the games that I've seen them sort of combine that way. So we've got uh, Aiken at six, Sahara Tamara, who's a very skillful ball player as well at, at halfback, and, um, and Ali at, at 13. Yeah, I think it's the perfect balance. And uh, like Taryn Aiken, she played a lot of touch footy growing up with Tamika Upton. So there's already a combination there that, that's been around, you know, while Ali Briganshaw has been playing at the top level. So Ali's obviously getting to a stage like towards the end of her career. She's 31. Um, you know, who knows how long she can go on for, but it's time to bring in that emerging talent for Queensland. And we saw it last year, Tamika and Taryn, the big game players. Um, they did it on the NRLW grand final stage and, and then followed up again uh, for Queensland. So we won't uh, mention the fact that Taryn was actually born in New South Wales and is a Lionel Rouge junior. Um, but if you're a Blues fan, that is. Um, but, yeah, so she she's a great girl, though. I had a, had a chat to her a couple of weeks ago. I've seen her stories up in the long, but, uh, yeah, in a nutshell, lost a brother, lost a father um, in quick succession and came out last year, basically, and, and was player of the match. So... Um, very resilient young girl and, you know, she's got a bright future ahead. Yeah, she is a, a budding superstar. Marty, I'll, I'll come to you. We saw uh, Queensland, you know, it wasn't the you know the best preparation for either team, I guess, last year, but um, Queensland certainly um, made the, the better of it. Um, it's a fixture that's grown enormously in stature over the, you know, just the, a small number of years that it's been up and running. Um, what have you made of the evolution of this contest? Oh, mate, phenomenal games. I think the two years at North Sydney Oval just had a, a wonderful feel. We got uh, we got great crowds there. New South Wales managed to win both of those years playing at home. And then we uh, headed to the Sunshine Coast last year and Queensland got the money. So the home ground, home crowd's been a, a big winner there for both sides. But I think just the the evolution of the, the women's game, the quality of this game is just uh, off the scale. And I think it's great that it will be standing alone on Friday night Huge eyeballs on it on uh, on television, and no doubt a, a big crowd up there. So, just looking forward to a great contest. We'll do uh, have a quick look at the two teams, Alicia. Um, I guess we'll start with the the Maroons. Some very familiar names in there: Ali and and Taryn Aiken. We've talked about Zahara Tamara, Karina Brown on the wings. Been there for a very long time. Julia Robinson as well. But um, some of these these new names. Uh, sorry, Chelsea Lenarduzzi has been a star for the Broncos throughout the NRLW and um, Tasman Gray as well. But some of the the new names: uh, Tiana Rastran Smith. Um, some of the the names on the bench: Natasha Purantakan. And I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly. A, a few sort of um, players have forced their way into this um, into this side. What do you make of the newer faces? 
Well, actually, it's a reach out to Meg Ward because that's uh, Natasha is is her partner, and it's mm. so it's pure Takanen, which is a lot pure easier Takenen. once you then say it because it actually looks pretty. Yeah, pure Takanen. So I said, oh, because I thought maybe Natasha was spelt uh, with a J as well. So I thought, oh, maybe there's something else there, but no, it's quite basic when you when you do. Yeah, right. Um, put your put your mouth to it. Um, look, uh, Tiana Strange Smith, she's a great talent. Um. She played really, really well at the national championships last month. She was player of the tournament in that one, won the Tani Norris medal. She's played under Tani um, at Burley for the last 12 months. So um, got a bit of rugby seven. She sort of floats between both codes, um, you know, but, you know, she's she's quite tall now and that's why they moved her into the back row. Otherwise she'd be in the halves or, or in the centres. So, um, yeah, massive wraps on her. The other one is Destiny Brill. Uh, first year playing rugby league and has just absolutely killed it. Um, little hooker, obviously, Brittany Braley has been there for a long time and and basically, you know, Destiny's form over the last two months has got her into that side. So um, look for her to sort of fire out of dummy half. Um, but other than that, like the back line for Queensland's exactly the same as last year. Um, they're very, they're quite settled. They've got a couple of injury concerns with Talisha Harden and Rona Peters. Um, Rona's been training, um, whereas Talisha's been a bit limited. So I'm very curious to see what happens there if, if those two come in, because obviously really experienced girls and, um, you know, they, they've been your starting side. So, um, yeah, whether there's supposed to be five debutants in that 17, but whether one or two slip out, I'm not too sure. So we'll just have to wait and see with the final teams uh, come Friday. A lot of familiar names in the Blues team as well. Marty, that power-packed back line is, is still intact. Jess Surgis and Isabel Kelly in the centres are a phenomenally dangerous uh, pairing. Bovetti Welsh at fullback, Meeks and Penatani on the wings. It's a, a really slick back five. And then uh, Corbin Baxter, formerly Corbin McGregor, but Corbin Baxter and the returning Matty Sutton um, in the halves. Plenty, potentially a lot, a lot of points in that back seven. Outstanding back line, isn't it? I think... Uh... Jess Surgis and Isabel Kelly, particularly, I think in the, both those games at New South Wales, one at North Sydney had a huge role to play. And, you know, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the ground that they're able to make out wide will come. I, I love the look of the back row with uh, Kezi Yaps and Millboyle there, a couple of great uh, ball runners there for New South Wales. So they'll be looking to get them plenty of momentum. And as you said, it's a, a star-studded back line. I think as Alicia said early, you know, this, uh, the quality of the players in this game should ensure that we get we get plenty of points. Let's hope we do. Two fantastic back lines on show. So, uh, yeah, New South Wales will certainly be looking to those two centres to, uh, to stand tall for them. Fair to say a, a fairly settled lineup for New South Wales, uh, Alicia, but still probably a, a couple of less familiar um, names in there. Yeah, so 15 return from last year's squad, which is obviously a massive bonus. You know, Kylie Hilda obviously has gone from player to coach, so we're counting her as well um, as, as an exit. But, you know, I think for New South Wales, they know that they can sort of push Queensland in the second half in particular. They've come home before in, in the two games that they won at North Sydney Oval. And then last year, you know, if there was another 10 minutes in it, um, they, they really did storm home in that last 10 minutes. So... Um, it's important that they get off to a really strong start if they want to sort of keep Queensland at bay, in particular those young guns that we are talking about earlier. Um, yeah, I think in the bench as well, we just mentioned before about Talisha Hart and Rona Peters 
particularly being late inclusions. I think the bench is more settled for the Blues and they just add a lot more impact. So I'm keen to see how Kennedy Charrington goes. She obviously missed last year's origin match and, uh, you know, I know she ruffles a few feathers in the women's game. Um, she's a bit, she's got that Jerome Luai, you know, uh, I, I asked her if it was cockiness. She said, no, it's confidence. Um, and coincidentally, those two played touch footy growing up together. So we know where she gets it from. Um, but no, I'm looking forward to watching someone like her off the bench. And then obviously, um, you know, if the forwards can do their job, it's a much stronger forward pack than Queensland. So um, that back line can definitely come into play if they, if they do their role. It is a phenomenal pack. I mean, Millie Boyle, we've seen sort of over the past year or two emerges probably arguably the, the best front rower in the game at the moment. And then every time we see the likes of Hannah Southwell and, and Holly Wheeler, they're just really, really just tough, great defenders, just real threats in the middle. Yeah, and they obviously they missed Holly last year. You know, she's coming back from ACL injury and um, playing that that Origin game last year. They really missed her off the bench. Um, and yeah, Hannah Southall, you know what you're going to get get with them uh, with her them both as a combination. They're both Newcastle girls. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Maddie Starden as well. She's obviously got a really really big um, game ahead for her. Like she's up without an NRLW club in the second half of the year. Spoke to her early in the week, and she basically said that. Um, she's she's available to go anywhere. So she wants a really big game to sort of put herself out there and, and just sort of show that this is her team. You know, she was really upset that she missed out last year. She was overlooked um, due to form. And I watched her in the City Country game last month and um, she absolutely killed it. You know, she basically, if she wasn't in the team, she played herself into it. So I'm expecting Maddie, who's somebody that likes to just, she never gives up, but she just sort of will take Queensland's she'll just pepper them all night, which is something that I felt like New South Wales sort of took a step back last year, especially in enemy territory. So they'll be much better for the run uh, this year. And with Maddie back, I think they've got enough to beat the, the Maroons. That's a tip for New South Wales. Yeah, I tipped them by four, but in a very tight one. Mm, Marty? Yeah, I think I'm New South Wales as well. I like the uh, Kylie Hilder, as uh, Alicia said, having gone from player to coach. I believe that all the players are really enjoying that, that played alongside her and now being coached by her and uh, Jeff Tuvey involved there as well. So uh, he could be the X factor for the Blues. So uh, I'm sure they're enjoying his input in uh, Blues camp. But I think uh, I do think they can go up there into, uh, into Queensland and get a win, uh, probably six to eight points, I think, in favour of the Blues. I've, uh, I've gone the other way. I've gone for the Maroons, probably a tiny bit of an upset, but um, I do really like that 6-7-13 uh, combination between Aiken Tamara and Ali Brigginshaw and obviously Tamika Upton at the back, an absolute superstar of the um, the, the modern game. So maybe a, a tiny, tiny bit uh, stronger for New South Wales in the three-quarter line in the forward pack, but um, I think Queensland at home with a, a few stars to, to ice whatever chances they create um, might just get the job done. I've gone Queensland by two. Uh, now, talking about uh, Sunday night, a, a massive massive game for for many reasons um marty the, the biggest win by points in new south wales history in, in game one queensland back at their suncorp stadium home fortress host of changes uh, you know one of the youngest least in ex, least experienced debutants in, in origin history um are they on the ropes or are they um primed to bounce back uh, both, I think, uh, <laughs> mate, definitely on the ropes after the first game. No doubt, no doubt about that. I did a little, uh, a bit of searching through the history for a column for uh, for us not long ago, just to see where they have hit back for some massive losses, and they can do it. I mean, there's no doubt that uh, Suncorp, 
Suncorp's, you're absolutely right. And Suncorp Stadium, much more of a home game than Townsville. You know, probably double the crowd there. Um, they just love being there at Suncorp. It's a, it's a completely different atmosphere for New South Wales to walk into. Reese Walsh, of course, is the the man you speak of. I think at 18, only Ben Eichen was uh, younger to play for Queensland. So I applaud the selection. I think uh, I think he's ready. I mean, seven NRL games. Uh, he was... Look, he had a tough game against Newcastle last weekend. He got peppered. Mm. He's going to get peppered by the high ball again. But I just think at this stage, they uh, they don't have that many options, to be honest. And he could just come out and have an absolute screamer of a game and, uh, you know, launch his origin career for a decade. So I just think that he's uh, he's a risk worth taking. Alicia, no Ponga, no Brimson, would you have gambled on Reese Rolsch or would you have stuck with Val Holmes at the back and sort of gone for the more, um, I guess, conservative option? Yeah, I would have probably gone conservative only because I watched that Knights game um, last week against the Warriors and albeit it was horrible conditions, you know, the wind and, and the rain. Um, but the Knights sort of went after him a little bit um, in the air and, and I just think he was sort of found out a little bit um obviously an attack amazing player and you know no shortage of confidence um but in this game I can just see sort of New South Wales I think it might have might have been Angus Crichton uh, made comments earlier in the week that you know they're keen to sort of come up against him so they'll have a plan for it and I'm just not sure at his age whether um he's ready to, to sort of adapt to that and be able to come out on top um especially obviously as Marty said given what happened in the last game, the series is on the line. Um, but in saying that, we all know that you know, Queensland get another leg when they're at um, Suncorp Stadium. They grow another leg and they're a different beast. So I'm expecting a massive bounce back, bounce back from them. Marty, also no Harry Grant, no Reid Marnie, both out injured. Uh, Andrew McCulloch back into the side uh, starting. Ben Hunt on the bench, which I think uh, he should have been there in, in game one, just his experience, his versatility, his ability to cover hooker and halves and then sort of loose forward if you need him to um, is a big in for them. And then obviously uh, Francis Molo uh, debuting on the bench. I don't think anyone really saw that coming. He's been pretty good for the Cowboys this year, but um, you know whether he's ready for the step up to origin is uh, remains to be seen. Yeah, I think Francis will probably find himself playing about 20 minutes. I can't see him having a a huge impact unless injuries uh, force him to play more than that. I think Ben Hunt is a fantastic selection. He's uh, his game for the Dragons last weekend against Canberra was outstanding. As you yeah. said, he was missed. I think in that first game, he can play plenty of minutes for them at a fair bit of variety there. He's, he's going to the line. He's a, he's a better player when he's taking the line on as he did for the Dragons last weekend. So I think he'll go in with plenty of confidence. So it's clearly a better side with Josh Papalihi back and uh, Christian Welsh is virtually like a, a fresh selection, I guess, having only played 13 minutes. So you get those two guys leading the way up front. You've got a vastly different platform to work off. So, yeah, they've, they've certainly got an improved side, but uh, they're going to have to be uh, certainly, you know, 100% better than they were in the first game. Alicia, the Penrith connection uh, pretty much brought everything they've been doing at a club level into the Origin game. For all of, you know, Turbo and, and Latrell stealing the headlines, um, Jerome Lua, I thought, one of the best Origin debuts I can remember in the, the modern era. Um, Brian Toto not too far behind him and probably Nathan Cleary's best game in Sky Blue really leading the way. And um, not a lot of people talking about the efforts of Isaiah Yeo in the middle, but for me, he was probably close to the, the best forward on the park. 
Yeah, absolutely. I spoke to uh, Isaiah about a week after that game and um, I sort of asked him if he felt straight away like he was playing for Penrith the way that, that Nathan and Jerome sort of slotted in there and um, they straight away got that combination going. Obviously, Isaiah is that link player between both halves. So, um, yeah, he was enormous. And I think, I don't think anyone ever sort of didn't rate what he does, but I think now they're starting to realise like the impact that Isaiah you know, can have on a side and particularly in attack and under these new rules. So, um, yeah, those Penrith boys, I couldn't believe how much they sort of just um, yeah, picked up. It was like they were just playing for Penrith again. They were just unbelievable. And, um, you know, going up to Suncorp, especially after that Townsville experience, um, you know, I just feel like that there's it's not going to bother them this time around, whereas previous years we've seen over the last decade that, or even in State of Origin history, that going up to Suncorp is a different beast. But I just I feel like these Blues players just don't know any different anymore. Marty, the changes for New South Wales. Jake Travojevic, I think probably a slightly bigger out than than most people are giving him credit for. I thought he was phenomenal in that first sort of 20, 25 minutes that he played and, and laid the platform. But, um, you know, an absolute embarrassment of riches. Um, they can afford to still leave out Dalfanukan, who's been in terrific form for the Storm with Angus Crichton coming in. Uh, starting Junior Paulo, who I thought added some real grunt and impact uh, off the bench for the Blues. I, I was kind of expecting Payne Haas to be the man to go into the starting side because he's such a big minute kind of player and then um, I was also kind of expecting uh, Crichton to start with Murray going straight into the the middle rotation somewhere but I assume um, that's what will happen when Crichton gets on the field after sort of 25 or so minutes. I think you summed it up with the embarrassment of riches there it's uh, as Freddie said Freddie Fittler that uh, if Dale Finucane's there at the 20th uh, best player in in New South Wales and probably won't get a start then uh, they're going okay. I think you're right about Jake Trebojevic. So he is a massive loss. He's an absolute superstar. His ball playing ability, probably a little bit underrated. He's going to get through, gets through 40 odd tackles as well. He's going every bit as well as his brother, probably. And uh, just a little less, uh, he's a bit more understated, I guess you'd say. So look, I think whichever way they go with Crichton and and uh, the other players you mentioned, Junior Paulo starting, I think it's just a, a confident side. Uh, they're going to be... Perhaps they won't be as good as they were in Townsville. You may never play a game as good as that again, but they're going to score 24, 30 points without doubt. So where Queensland find that many points, I guess that's the big question for them. They, uh, If New South Wales rack up that many again, then you've got to wonder where those points come from for, for Queensland. You touched on Tom Trevojevic there. We've barely even mentioned the, the two centres who are probably the, the best two players on the field in, in game one. Tom Trevojevic, is he just rewriting what a centre does in a representative game at the moment? Oh, absolutely. I think the uh, there was a lot of talk about the roving commission, you know, just roam wherever you want to go. And the fact that he bobbed up on both sides of the field, any break that he's made, he's there to support it. Uh, just watching him play last Sunday for, for Manly was phenomenal. The fact that he, you know, he scores long range tries and then he bobs up and scores that try from 10 metres out, yeah. you know, pretend, pretending he's a prop. Or a, or a back rower just uh, storming over. He wants the ball. He demands the ball. You know, that was just an incredible performance last Sunday just to uh, tune him up further if he needed any tuning up for uh, for the origin. And as you said, yeah, phenomenal centre pairing of, of two guys that don't play centre week in and week out. So, again, it just shows the, uh, the riches that uh, New South Wales have got there with plenty of young centres probably, you know, waiting in the wings in, in years to come with Zach Lomax and Stephen Crichton and these sort of blokes. So uh, 
Campbell yes, Graham, who's actually in the uh, the extended squad as well. So there's, there's three Absolutely. pretty good waiting in the wings. The, the cup is overflowing for uh, Brad Fiddler <laughs> at the moment. So this is this we we are the favourite thing we say about. Well, they talk about premiership windows. Well, this is their origin window. So you know they would expect to win this series with this side that they've got, possibly you know build a little bit of a dynasty. So uh, they certainly need to be going on with a job on Sunday. All right, who wins by how many? New South Wales, for me, I think, as I said, I do like the look of the Queensland side a whole lot more. I like them playing at Suncorp, but it's too much of a turnaround, I think, to expect that uh, New South Wales just aren't going to go backwards far enough to to give up all that ground, I think. So uh, New South Wales by 12. Alicia? Yeah, I'm with Marty. I can't see it going any other way except Cam Munster at Suncorp. makes me very, very nervous as a, as a Blues fan. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a pretty tough ask after getting pumped by 50 to, to come back and swing that. But, you know, who knows its origin? And I'm sure everyone sort of neutral would want to decide her. But um, yeah, I can't see it going, going the Maroons way on this one. Yeah, I'm a bit the same. I think Queensland will be better, but not better by enough. And uh, I've got Blues by probably somewhere in that 12 to 18 uh, vicinity as well. Uh, anyway, that's all we've got time for on this Representative Round Preview podcast. Thank you both, uh, Alicia and Marty, for joining us. Thanks once again to Dragons and Eels legend Steve Edge for joining us at the top of the show. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, enjoy your State of Origin footy.